Hey, hey, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It is a beautiful Wednesday. A little bit rainy here in San Diego, but that's all good. You will want to listen in today if you want to get better at your relationships because we got a relationship coach on the line. Going to be a lot of fun. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Before we jump in, just a quick reminder to please, 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 wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whichever platform it is that you're listening to on, uh, listening to us on right now, head over to YouTube. Open up a new tab. Open up a new window. Keep listening. Head over to YouTube and do a search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast and hit that subscribe button. I'm at like 74 or 75. I haven't checked today. Subscribers, I got 25 more and then I can do my own Practicing Poly A URL for the YouTube. So please, if you can help me out with that, I would definitely love and appreciate every single one of you for it. Uh, don't forget to please follow me on all social medias. We can see that down there at Practicing Polyay, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, all that good stuff. Also, to remind everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, you are a welcomed guest on this show. If you're actively polyamorous, uh, polyam curious, if you are a professional uh, serving the polyamorous community, I want to hear your story. doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, queer, lesbian, trans, NB, ace, arrow, whatever. I want to hear all of your stories. The more stories we hear, the more the world learns about us and the better we can serve our community. So please join me, join me, join me. All right, that is my spiel. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get on with the show. Our guest today, <laughs> let me back up a little bit. If you've ever felt like a misfit in your dating life, if you are an overachiever in other parts of your life, but your relationships, or lack thereof, are suffering, you will definitely want to tune in today. Our guest is here to help you have great relationships. In her coaching practice, she loves to help others build their own roadmaps toward the beautiful relationships each person wants in their lives. She specializes in helping people navigate polyam and other non-traditional relationships and has nearly a decade of her own personal experience to draw on. In her own experience, she turned to deep inner work and explored her unconscious mind to determine what should stay and what should go in here, and she helps others do the same. Today is bound to be full of great information from this incredible guest. So without any more fanfare, welcome to the show, our intuitive, loving coach, Claire Blossom. Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining today. Hi, thank you so much for hosting. That was an amazing introduction. And I love the show opening uh, images as well. You know, I got to tell you, uh, one of the things about those show images, uh, big shout out the one person or, or one thruple <laughs> that I know uh, is is part of it. Uh, they were kind enough to follow me on Instagram. So uh, that's more than two love, more than number two love. Uh, and it's it's three people that I asked for some photos and they were kind enough to provide and uh that, that's part of the video. So I'm really excited about that. But 
Claire, you and I met in that same forum, actually, where I asked for those things. Um, I'm, I love that we have the forums. I love that we have these uh, communities. I love that we have, you know, all of these resources. And you are also providing a resource for our community. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do and uh, how long you've been doing it? When you're, what's your experience been? Yeah, so I have been in polyam communities, um, I guess, if my own life counts as part of the community, too, which I think it Definitely. does, um, for the past seven years. And I have been doing coaching since last year. Um, and what I do is I work with people who have felt like misfits in relationships. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be polyam. You don't have to be ethically non-monogamous. But I do specialize with that population, being part of that population myself. Right. Um, yeah. And so what I really want to do is work with folks who have always felt, and this is me too, like this is my story, is feeling like there's something about us that's not quite right we're just not quite getting something you know everybody else it's like a FOMO fear of missing out that everybody mm -hmm. else knows how to do relationships right um and we don't so you can say that as like some form of insecurity for sure um and then I feel like it's so helpful in the polyam world because there just aren't a lot of roadmaps for what to do there have been some you know discussions about some of the bigger authors and problematic um issues around some of their books in the past mm -hmm. couple of years too so we need like our roadmaps more than ever. Franklin. Um, <laughs> Did I say amazing. that? Amazing. <laughs> Did you? No, all I heard was you coughing. So. Oh, okay. Okay. See, that was, that was a good fake cough then. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been in this place for a long time where like you listen to people's podcasts and read their books. And I always keep reaching this place with my creative process where it's like, wait, but like, I also have a lot to say. And for me, that's through like, coaching is a really good way to do that because I'm always like you know I'm a good listener I'm the person that like people come to through to to talk through issues like that so in you know increasing my professional expertise around that has been really big um but that's yeah I, what I aim to do is provide um a really important service to folks in our community as part of this work I love it I I'm curious were you that type like even back in high school and, you know, in your younger years, were you the type that uh, your friends always came to you asking for advice? Like, hey, I've got this crush or, you know, I'm having problems with my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, was that was that always you or is that kind of something that has developed uh, more recently? That's an interesting question. I think I've been that person. I also think that my partner... Um, my nesting partner is very good at giving advice around polyam issues and his confidence around that really inspired me to be like, oh, I can talk about this pretty confidently as well. Mm. And it's not like, oh, I'm giving you the advice that you need and then you should just take it blindly. It's more like facilitating, like getting you to the place where you actually feel like the authority on your own life. But actually, that's what the intuitive loving thing is all about. It's like, do you know about intuitive eating? Uh, a little bit. You're kind of just listening to your body. That's yeah. It's like you're the expert of your body and your relationship mm -hmm. with food, and so that's the like kind of like riffing and or ripping off that concept by talking about like how you know in relationships becoming the expert in our own relationship lives. Because um, I don't know, I'm also a person who's always like looked for guidance from other people, and a big part of my like 
I'd say like late 20s, early 30s was about realizing where the adults are not always the adults and like you're actually becoming the adult who knows, who can figure out to some extent like the guidance for yourself while listening to others. You're also a sort of a source of guidance for yourself and like really grounding and that has been super important to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. <laughs> it kind of it, it makes me laugh a little bit um when you say becoming the adult there's i don't remember when it happened for me right i don't remember when i stopped feeling like a kid you know i mean i i joined the navy when i was 22 years old and uh you know i, I moved out of my parents house when i was 19 you know so and and i really haven't been back so I've been an adult, you know, for a pretty long time, but I always, I mean, even back then, I, I always felt like too young, too inexperienced or whatever to to have the, the confidence to be able to speak on almost anything as an expert. You are coaching people. You have the confidence you have the belief in yourself and, and the ability to help others through the things that they're dealing with. And I mean, there's not really a question there. I just, I just want to commend you on that. Cause that's, that's something pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. I can talk uh, I gotta, about, go ahead. I can talk about like where that comes from too. Cause I thought about this a Please. lot too. Like, one place is definitely, yeah, like when you're having ethically non-monogamous relationships, you have to figure out the roadmap for yourself. Another part is um, I used to be involved in civil disobediences. So, you know, activists getting arrested on mm -hmm. purpose nice. and then and knowing the whole legacy of the civil rights movement and being a, a trying to be an ally uh, to civil rights causes and mm -hmm. seeing that like you know, this is against, there, there are ways that a mass civil disobedience can be against the law, but then like that that relates to the whole question of like are the adults being the adults if it's illegal for like a 16 year old undocumented teenager to like attend university in the state that they live you know what i mean like where it's, you see the structures and laws being unfair and another part it, com it comes from um the feminist eco eco feminist pagan eco pagan feminist author starhawk um and just her writing influenced me a lot in terms of being like oh you do have to like you don't have to but it's really empowering at some point to like step into that role of like oh i can develop some grounding um some confidence around what i'm doing and also like i'm a phd so i think that's part of it is that you go oh, through snap. this got yeah, you go through this gauntlet for for like however many years it takes you uh, to be a number of years. Um, but but like on. once you should, should, should that, I be calling you Doctor yeah. Blossom? My bad. I'm conflicted <laughs> about that. No, I'm conflicted on how I'm like because I am newer in my business. I started last year. My mm -hmm. PhD is not. I'm not like a therapist. I'm a coach, and so I don't want to give right. people the wrong impression that I'm a psychologist. So therapy and coaching—that's a whole other like. It's important to recognize the distinction between those things. But so, no, I go, I just go by Claire Blossom, but I do have a <laughs> philosophy, what's it, doctor of, doctorate of philosophy, right? PhD. <laughs> so yeah, I have to remember what it stands for. Nice, nice. Well, yeah. That's that's still, that's that's amazing. Just just to have that accomplishment, uh, whether it's in, in coaching, you said, right? The PhD um, is no, in coaching? I I'm in a social science field, so it ties really closely to coaching, but it has, um, that's like a different venture I've been undertaking like the past couple of years is like coaching is like pretty different um, 
altogether. Like social science, you know, it's like big research projects, whereas coaching is like applied one-on-one -on -one with people. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. But still, I mean, just the fact that you have all of this stuff under your belt, um, the, what was the phrase that you used? The good kind of trouble? Yeah. Or that's the, um, the John Lewis quote is um, getting into good trouble. Getting into good trouble. I mean, yeah. I, I can just imagine I, I, when I was reading your uh, bio, when I was going through, through the stuff, you know, one of the things that stood out to me and I wasn't sure how to incorporate it into, um, into your intro, but you actually said anti-racist. And I love that because that's, you know, it, it's something that I strive for as well. It's definitely something that I'm working on uh, all the time, reading uh, and trying to educate myself as, as much as I possibly can, bring awareness to it. Um, you know, there's always that, the argument, you know, when I have, when I do have these discussions with people and they're like, well, I'm not racist. Well, I'm like, yeah, well, it, it's not enough to not be racist. Like we have to be anti-racist. Yeah. And that's, you know, I just imagine you being out there marching for one thing or another and saying, go ahead, arrest me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me about, yeah, in my younger, slightly younger days, I was more, well, I, I'm always supportive of people doing that kind of work. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I've always, I've been in that like social justice kind of context for a long time. I love it. I love it. So uh, social justice kind of ties into a little bit, right? I don't know. We're going to go maybe a different direction here because we talked about this a bit on the show uh, or before the show. Uh, some of the things that you might be working with uh, some of your clients on or some of the things that are uh, thematic for us in the polyamorous community is that discussion around shame. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've we've had this, uh, you know, we've had a revolution, I guess we can say, ever since, uh, you know, in the past 20 years that polyamory has really kind of started to become more mainstream, more accepted um, or at least more more widely seen, more represented. But there's still a lot of people that are ashamed of it. There's still, you know, it's still kind of a fringe thing. Um what do you think is the, I don't know, what do you think is the direction that we're going? Uh, what do you think about shame in our community? What are just kind of your general thoughts on it? Yeah, oh my gosh, so many thoughts. And this is where like the concept, like I said, of it's not a, just a concept, it can be lived as well of being the expert in your own relationships in your life. And that doesn't mean you don't need or seek guidance from other people, but I think that the shame will, in a really clear way, the shame comes from the way that you're, you have these feelings of shame and it's from what you're thinking about it. Um, so I really need to credit the coach, Cara Lowenthal. Um, she hosts the Unfuck Your Brain podcast. Mm -hmm. She's hugely influential in my coaching style as well. Um, and I'm planning she, to get- Did she write the book also, Unfuck Your Brain? She didn't. I think she probably hates that, like marketing wise, because it's somebody else's book. But, <laughs> <Damn> yeah. <it. laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah, I've got to get trained at the, the school that she went to um, someday soon because she talks a lot about how much your thoughts create your feelings. And so mm -hmm. I think that shame comes from like thoughts that you're having about the fact that you're doing something wrong. Um, 
not for everyone though not everybody thinks like even subconsciously that they're doing something wrong or shameful but that doesn't mean like somebody could still a family member could say something to you and you would feel shame and there'd be some thought that you're having about it so it's really just like when we look really closely at what our thoughts are and decide if we want to keep them or not um decide how much we want to hold on to them that's where like the transformation happens is really picking apart not just what you're thinking but and what it makes you feel but what you're kind of like creating for yourself like I guess it would be like if I think you know there's something to be ashamed of here then I'm in a lot of I, I can look at how I'm influencing the situation I see that I'm actually creating shame for myself in the future by continuing to like believe that thought does that make sense absolutely and we see it all the time right I mean um I've talked about this a couple of times this weekend. I was, I was shamed, right. By uh, somebody in my family. And, you know, there's somebody, there are a lot of people that I think would take that experience and hold on to it. You know, I think there's a lot of people that would take that and, you know, not be able to, to let it go. For me, I mean, it was, it was a specific time where, you know, we were all drinking and, you know, I can let it roll off my shoulder really quickly and easily because eh, we were drunk, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. no big deal. But, you know, if it were to happen again in a different kind of environment, you know, am I going to be able to just let it roll off my shoulder? Am I going to look at this thing and be like, wow, like, am I am I really this terrible person that that people seem to think that I am? And if I allow myself to start going down that spiral and really questioning myself and having all of these self doubts and, and this shame around who I am and what I'm doing. How do I stop that train? How do I, how do I break that cycle and start spiraling upwards instead of down? That's a great question. I think from a coaching perspective, of course, it is really important to remember the distinction between therapy and coaching. Um, mm -hmm. Coaching from a coaching perspective, I would offer that um, one thing you want to do is let the train go, actually, just like let the train go wherever it's oh. going. Um, but that's it's all, you know, it's very conceptual. It's like, do you want to let the train go to a place where you're like unable to function? Right. But like allowing mm -hmm. what I'm talking about is like allowing the emotion that you're experiencing and allowing it like in your body as well. So one really um, all these practices are like simple, but not easy. So a simple yeah. practice that's probably not always easy is that you just feel um, and this comes a lot from like meditation teachers too. you experience a feeling in your body, like, how does it feel in your body? And you start kind of naming what you're experiencing. So maybe shame is somewhere in like your upper abdomen. If you don't know what it feels like in your body, just guess. The fact that you don't know is not in itself a problem. So where's mm -hmm. a feeling, you know, do you, it's just like, where's there tension in your body really is what you're asking. Feel in your abdomen, just note like, I feel this tightness around my belly. I feel it's sort of hot. It's a sort of a, you know, you can ask yourself questions. Does it feel like kind of liquid or solid? Like if hmm. it was a shape, what would it be? So you're just getting really in touch with like wow, okay. the physicality of that, that feeling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the main point is that you're just allowing the feeling to be there. Um, and you're kind of distracting yourself from the thought process. So hmm. people always think there's a great, like, interesting. In 
Yeah, there's a great like infographic about this on that was going around on Instagram a while back. But we always think that like processing the feeling means that you keep thinking the thought over and over. But what it really means is that you notice the thoughts in this like meditative style. Like there I go mm -hmm. thinking, mm -hmm. there's the thought and I'm paying attention to my physical sensation. Um, and that's what really, in my opinion, that's what really allows the feeling to just be there. And when you feel less intense um, about it, that's when you get to go back and question the thought that's associated with that feeling. Does that make sense? It's a little it, bit sort of like technical, but. No, it absolutely does. You know, as, mm -hmm. as you're uh, describing all of this, I don't know if you noticed, but my eyes kind of went away because I was in, in introspectively looking at myself, you know, thinking not necessarily about that particular instance, but just in general, whatever it is that I'm feeling right now. And I, I was, you know, trying to find, you know, whatever, whatever it is that I'm feeling, like, where am I feeling? And I'm like, okay, whatever this feeling unnamed is, it's like, right here in my throat and I'm feeling mm. it, you know, in my shoulders and I'm carrying it. And then you said, mm -hmm. you know, what shape would it be? And I'm like, it feels like it would be like a rod, you know? And like, being able to identify all of these different things to me gives it gives gives me a power over it it's like it's almost yeah. like like if, right right like looking at it from the outside in uh and and giving it a shape giving it a form so that maybe you know i could say okay well there it is let me just take that off uh, and put it yeah. down right here and uh, I, I understand what you're talking about. Um, headspace. Uh, if if anybody listening, if you want to learn how to meditate, Headspace is a great app. It's like a hundred bucks a year, so it's a little bit pricey, um, mm -hmm. but it's super awesome. I love it. And one of the things that I was learning from it recently was uh, the noting that you were talking about. So it's that you know taking that feeling, that thought, whatever it is, noting it, saying, okay, mm -hmm. there it is. And now let's move on and giving it that physical form really, really allows that to happen. I love that tip. Thank you. Yeah. So that really comes from like meditation and then meditation, you're watching your thoughts, coaching, you dig into your thoughts a bit more. So when you're ready, mm. that's when you might, it's really just like interrogating, like the extent to which that thought doesn't need to be true the way that you think it is. Um, and it's not this perfect solution where you're automatically completely change your thought process right there. It's an ongoing practice. Um, but that just what you're really trying to do is identify what's what's making what you're thinking that's making you feel that shame. So, for example, with family, it could be like, is there a, some part of you that does agree and believe with what they're saying? Not in your case, James, because it sounds like it did roll off your back pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But if you did find yourself like continuing to be bothered by it, um, the work that you would need to do would be like, what's the small part of me, however small, however big, that does sort of agree with what they're saying? So mm -hmm. why is what they're mm -hmm. saying bothering me? You know, like, why would I care if they told me the sky was blue? or the sky was green, I wouldn't be like holding on to that and upset about right. it. So it might not be that you believe them, but that there's something about the, just what the real question you want to get to is like, why does the fact that they're saying that bother me? Like, what am I making it mean about That's myself? So yeah, that is so, so good. Because so you're glad. absolutely right. Like, 
the only reason why it would bother me is because I do in some way believe that what they're saying either is true or what they're saying uh, or what they think is actually saying something about me that some part of me believes. And that that's, that's incredible. Just to, so to think, yeah, no, it really is. It's it's so eye opening that you know there's some measure of quote unquote truth, right? Whether or not it's true, it's it's true enough for me to believe it. And digging down deep into what that thought is and why I believe it, there there's so much power there. Yeah. You are yeah. you are really empowering people through your through your Thank practice. You. I appreciate. Yeah, I feel like we just had a little coaching happen between us like totally just now. Cuz I love that you <laughs> you leaned into the process and you like examined it for yourself. Um so I really appreciate you participating. Well, I appreciate the free coaching. Yeah, thank you. Uh, See, everybody, if you want to get some free coaching every once in a while, uh, start a podcast and start interviewing people uh, because you you just never know what might happen. (laughs) That totally was not the intent here, but uh, it does does happen every once in a while. And Claire, I just I got to commend you that that some incredible work in the 25 minutes that we've been talking here. I can just imagine uh, what working with you for uh, a long time would be. Um, Let's quickly dive into our other topic that we were that we were discussing, uh, since this has been coming up again as a theme in your practice. uh, Let's talk about the big green monster and some of the things that you've seen. I guess, recently in your practice and some of the ways that you've helped people uh, overcome their jealousy. Yeah, jealousy. Um, So that's a really good one. Of course, it comes up for everyone. Uh, Well, not everyone. Some people say that they don't experience jealousy. Um, You believe them? I do, because I like to just take people at their word. It's a lot easier sometimes, like not Mm -hmm. always. Sometimes you're like, oh, I can tell that's not true. But um, (laughs) yeah, people experience it differently, right? Uh, so I used to think I went through this time a few years back um, where my nesting partner had been with another partner for a couple of years. And I had this I had this thought in my head. I was like, I'm not supposed to be jealous anymore. Like, it's a bad sign if I still have jealousy. And yes. I just yes. it's not. And I would go on Reddit and I'd be like, listen, everyone, I just still jealous. I mean, I don't know what to do with myself at this point. What do I do? And um, <laughs> it's like how it works. That's not how any of this works. You would yes, think. So good. <laughs> you so would I think. was making this big problem and trying to push it away. And then I would have just like, it would be even harder. It'd be like, I'd have the like outburst that I didn't want to be having. Like, uh, the, you know, it, I would just, Ooh. every everything would happen well. in a way. Yeah. It really sucks. And it's always, not always, but it's often because of trying to push. I just, it took me so many years to learn that. Like the more you try to push away a certain experience, Mm -hmm. like I will never act that way ever again. Very bad for me to act that way. That hasn't really worked for me. I don't know if it works for other people, but for me, it's like, I have to just like welcome myself and give myself like the biggest hug and tons of compassion. And that's what helps me like actually change the pattern. Um, Yeah. But so that's how I feel about jealousy too. Um, yeah, so here's an insight about jealousy that I've been thinking about lately, definitely in relation to um, folks that I talk with, is that 
So what is it? And I'm making a resource on this too that's coming out soon. What Ooh, is it wait. that, yeah, something written. So like, what is it that bothers you? What is it that you like want from the fact that you're jealous? Like what what's the feeling that you want to have um, that you sort of think you get to have if this jealousy situation wasn't here? Like maybe it's like your mm. partner's gone on a date with someone else and you're like, oh, we've been together for three years and our dates are like watching Netflix right now. And like, I thought right. I liked that. I thought I was really comfortable and I love that. But now they're going to see like Cirque du Soleil. Mm -hmm, <laughs> I don't know mm -hmm. where that came from. Totally random that's, example. I love it. Like, I love it. I want to go see Cirque du Soleil. Like that's not, right? that, I guess it's, that's kind of envy too, like jealousy versus envy, uh -huh, but- uh -huh. So what is the feeling that you think that you would have if you and your partner went to see Cirque du Soleil? Um, and you might identify that, like a really simple feeling on like a feelings wheel, um, which are like very helpful happy, to have. happy, you know? I'm yeah, happy I feel happy. I feel connected maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and so a really good coaching tool is like learning how to feel what you want like ahead of time, like learning how to feel that for yourself. So what else, like, and not really through actions, so much but like what really matters is how you're thinking about it so what it, after you, i'm sorry is, is it kind of like paving paving the way like um i i think of it like as kind of intention setting so i yeah. know my partner's going out on a date and you know while my partner is out i want to feel content i want to feel secure i want to feel uh, you know, happy to spend time with myself. Is is that kind of what you're referring to? Yeah. And so it's like, what thought, what do I need to be thinking to feel connected? Um, okay. And you'll learn over time with this kind of practice that like the Cirque du Soleil, um, maybe the sex that you would want to have where you would feel connected, that, that connected like relates to so many experiences and that like, you you really can people doubt this so much but you really can like produce those feelings for yourself through the way you're thinking we always think it's mm. some specific experience that will lead to that thought but mm -hmm, you really mm -hmm. can just like diy it and when you and what's the point yes. of doing that it's not just so that like oh i don't ever have to feel bad it's really not about that it's about this thing, which I think so many people want, which is to know how to make ourselves happy from like the inside out and not just you, happy based on outside in. So yeah. Gosh, once again, you're nailing it. So uh, little, little personal, personal experience here. Uh, there's this feeling, this this feeling of emptiness that I remember feeling so many times, uh, you know, if like my partner was gone for a night. Right. Mm -hmm. There was just like this, oh, I, 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 I want her here in my bed. And, you know, it's like hanging on to that. It would, it would just make me so miserable. Like, oh, is she not here? Whatever, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, fast forward to, uh, you know, this, this new partner that I have or newer partner, I should say. Uh, we've been together over a year or so, but still newer. And she's telling me, she's like, you know, um, I loved, I love my bed after, you know, you or Jason leaves because when I lay down in my bed and I think about, you know, you guys, like I have this warmth, right? It's like the memory of either one of you holding me. It's like this warmth. Mm -hmm. And I had never thought about it in that way. I always had thought about it as this, like this void, this emptiness, this, you yeah. know, thing that was missing 
But the way she approached it, she was like, no, I, I just, I think of the memory and like, I wrap myself in the memory like a blanket. Mm-hmm. And that like changed the game. That's so interesting. Yeah. So that I think we're like influenced when somebody else is like, well, I would see it that way. And you're like, you would? Okay, well, that's how our thoughts change. But we can also change them on our own. It's like, with the same circumstance, you're having totally different thoughts. And that's partly how you see like, oh, my thought could be different too, right? Like, is that how it worked for you? Did you start kind of seeing it the way that she saw it? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And it just, it made so much it made the nights so much easier, right? It's like, instead of, of being sad and like missing this person and, oh, it sucks. I mean, that those feelings are still there, you know? It still sucks that because of COVID, you know, it's weeks before we get to see each other. Yeah. But, you know, in that meantime, like I can, I can crawl into my bed and I just have like this memory of the last time that she was there. And like, I, I can wrap myself in that and it yeah it did it totally changed the game so that's when you're like intentionally you're thinking intentionally when that happens Mm -hmm. it's never the goal to just like you just can't you can't just get rid of negative emotion at all times but there's like what's what's the stuff that just kind of comes into your head you know organically i guess which Mm -hmm. might be like i feel sad and lonely right now and then what's the stuff that you're intentional about, which would be like, I'm going to like process this feeling and redirect myself to a place where I want to go. And like, I don't know, something about that has that that has really transformed my life, like realizing how possible that was. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an amazing change. It's really an amazing mm-hmm. change. It's all about mindset. Um, Claire. We are running low on time here. So uh, the last thing that I want to do is to give you an opportunity to uh, speak to uh, our audience uh, and tell them how they can get in touch with you if they want to work with you. Um, And I'm just going to say this for everybody listening. In 33 minutes here, Claire has done so much. Like I'm looking at things in a completely different way. Um, You will not regret it. So Claire... Tell the audience how they can get in touch with you if they want to work with you. Well, thanks, James. You can go to my website, intuitiveloving.com, Facebook, Claire Blossom Coach. That's actually my personal page, and it's public. So that's how I like like to connect with people right now. I'm in my way of connecting. Um, You can just send me a message, but there's a calendar sign-up link on intuitiveloving.com. And yeah, as someone who's done a lot of coaching the past year and a half uh, myself, uh, it's just such a transformative experience. And there's nothing about that that's like made up to me. Like, I'm not saying that for marketing purposes. It's like, you really, I really believe in it. Um, therapy is really great. A lot of people talk about coaching as being this thing that like your results sort of like happen faster and they happen differently and that both like have their place. But I, I just can't, I still can't fully articulate why coaching works so well for me. But if you're ever a person who's like, I've done lots of therapy and there's still some, like, I really want to just like boost my like self-esteem and get to this place where I'm like really feeling like, like really, you know, like I am the expert of my own relationships. Like, that's, I would highly recommend, um, yeah, booking a consult, getting on a consult call, and we'll strategize how to get you where you want to be. Perfect. And once again, everybody, that is intuitiveloving.com uh, or on Facebook, Claire Blossom Coach. Claire, 
Thank you so very much for joining today uh, for all of the wisdom, for all these nuggets, for uh, all the things that we got to to learn and explore together. It's been an incredible 35 minutes. Uh, and, you know, I, I want to invite you to come back uh, some other time, you know, anytime you'd like. It, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll go around too. Well, too. Thank you so much, James. This was an absolute pleasure. All right, everybody else, again, a huge thank you to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same cannot be said for the podcast download. So if you want to avoid those commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, or sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash practicing and you'll get that commercial RSS, uh, commercial free RSS feed. So thank you all as always for hanging out with us today. Uh, Really appreciate every single one of you. And uh, as always, make sure to have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash 